All right, before I get to my next guest, Mark Kalkovecki, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. At Ben Hogan Golf, they manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in their small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because they build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. They call it micromanufacturing, so no mass production, no shortcuts. Visit them online at BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about their tour quality products and factory direct prices. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play plus 4 and release the secret the pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip golf pride. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me is 1989 Open champion Mark Kalkovecchia. Let me remind you about Mark's background. He's from Laurel, Nebraska. His family moved to West Palm Beach, Florida when he was 13. He won the Florida High School Golf Championship in 1977, and he played his college golf at the University of Florida from 1978 to 1980. He was named All-SEC in 1979, and that season Mark won the Furman Invitational. He turned pro in 1981, Got his first win on tour at the 1986 Southwest Golf Classic. Mark has one of the lowest scoring rounds to par in PGA Tour history. He finished 28 under, a four-round total of 256 at the 2001 Waste Management Open, which featured a second-round 60. At the 2009 Canadian Open, he set a record by making nine consecutive birdies during his second round. In all, Mark has won 13 times on the PGA Tour, including that 89 Open Championship at Royal Troon and a playoff over Greg Norman and Wayne Grady. He's won four times on the Champions Tour. Over the course of his career, he's had 193 top 10 finishes and 351 top 25s. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mark Kalk. And I'm thrilled he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. Nice to be back. So, Mark, I got to ask you, I saw the tweet this past weekend uh, that our friend Owen Brown sent out about the showdown in the Calcavecchia household last Saturday when Nebraska played Ohio State. Now, knowing you're from Nebraska, I'm guessing your wife, Brenda, is a Buckeye fan. So that had to be a rough afternoon for you. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm kind of a converted Buckeye fan. We all pretty much knew the uh, what the end result of that game was going to be, but uh, I think Scott Frost is doing a great job. Uh, I think Nebraska's on the mend and, and going to be a lot better, but uh, the Buckeyes are awful good, especially on offense. Mark, I know um, you're a you're a COVID survivor, and um, your bout with it uh, included a drive from in, in your RV from a very long distance, it seemed like, from home, as I was tracking the story that uh, that Brenda put out on Twitter. Talk about that experience, what that was like for you, and how you got through it. Yeah, September was a was a pretty rough month. Uh, 
actually October hasn't been that great either. But uh, uh, I was diagnosed September 3rd. We were in uh, Nebraska at the Prairie Club, and I did, did the spit test. Uh, we're driving to Sioux Falls, and on Sunday the 6th, uh, my test came back positive. Then we finished driving to Sioux Falls and uh, did another test there, came back positive again. And then uh, now we had to decide what to do. Brenda kept testing negative, which was amazing. Uh, so basically, after uh, sitting in Sioux Falls for two days, uh, we decided to, to just hit the road and go back to uh, uh, Jupiter. So I had a 1,750-mile drive, and each day I felt worse and worse and worse. Took us three and a half days to get home, and uh, yeah, by the time I get home, it was like uh, you know all the all the fenders fell off the car. Uh, when I got home, uh, everything I just I just fell apart and felt just uh, worse and worse and worse. And then <clears throat> after five days at home, went to the hospital, and uh, that that was actually the worst. Uh, so they had all the symptoms. Uh, everything you can possibly imagine, and uh, told my wife. I said, I said, if you don't get me out of this hospital, I may not get out of here. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, I, I think I had about the worst case of any golfer that I've I've heard of. I know Tony Finau was really sick, but uh, uh, of course he's thirty years younger and uh, about eighty pounds lighter than I am. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a rough rough stretch. Sure. You've also been dealing with some back issues. So, are are you fully recovered from COVID, and is is the back better? How are you feeling? Yeah, now the COVID's fine. Um, I think I've got my strength back. Uh, I, I I I did a couple of MRIs a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, once the COVID hit, uh, every, everything started hurting my back. Uh, you know, pretty every every bone in my body started hurting and uh uh my my spine's not good. Uh I've got a lot of a lot of issues uh with with everything from the T one all the way down to the S five. So uh we'll see. Um I, I played the last few days and actually felt pretty good. So uh looking forward to Boca this week and uh our last term of the year on the Champions Tour of Phoenix next week um and actually my son uh my son and i got in the father's son uh in december so so looking forward to that i've been trying to get in that for years and uh very thankful for that so it's going to be a fun uh fun few months and then uh reevaluate and see what the see what the heck's going on with my back you mentioned are we going to see you this weekend at uh, at Timber at the Timber Tech Championship? I know it's right there in your backyard in Boca, so we we can look forward to seeing you out there. I will be there, one hundred percent. Yep, got the old dreaded seven twenty a.m. tee time tomorrow in the pro am, so got to get up about four thirty my time here in Florida, uh, which is no big deal. I'm I'm an early riser anyway, so uh, yeah, actually. Uh, Played with Russ Cochran and Gene Sowers today, and uh, out at the Cuesta Country Club, and felt like I played pretty good. So, uh, looking forward to the week. Mark, I want to get your thoughts on uh, on the upcoming Masters. I mean, 
You, it's a tournament, obviously, that you got you got to play in many times, almost every year from 87 to 2008. Uh, finished second in 88, tied for fourth back in 2001, and you've had 10 top 20s there. So you know that golf course well. What what do you expect to see from a, a, mem- a, a November Masters versus what you're used to seeing in April? So it's going to be totally different, uh, I think, <clears throat> especially based on uh, how cold it could possibly be. Um, you know, November, November, Georgia can be cold. So we'll see, uh, you know, Bryson and, and Phil and everybody else are bracing up for, uh, you know, just hit it as far as they humanly can, uh, which, you know, is the way the game's going today, honestly. Uh, but it's going to be weird with no fans, no par three, uh, it's going to be a different atmosphere, but uh, I still think, you know, it's all about the greens there uh, and, and where you place your second shot, putting, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> look, there, there's no there's no replacing distance these days. It, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the future of the game. It's the way the game's going. And, uh, you know, Bryson proved it at, uh, at Wingfoot. You know, you don't have to hit fairways. You've got to hit it 350 in the air. And uh, it's a huge advantage. So to that end, without the patrons there, does that play into their favor, into a guy like Phil's favor, into Bryson's favor, just, you know, bombing as far as you can because the patrons aren't there? Is that going to give them more opportunity to bounce into the pine trees and that sort of thing? Or does that actually help <laughs> them uh, not having people there? Right, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I saw Justin Thomas was kind of, uh, last week kind of complaining that, uh, with no fans, it, it didn't fire him up, you know, on Sunday like it used to, uh, cause he didn't have fans cheering for him and blah, blah, blah. So, <clears throat> you know, at Augusta, there's not that many holes where you can actually ricochet into the fan, uh, off the tee. <clears throat> One, maybe on the left, it could help you a little bit. Uh, th- there's a few holes that that it might make a difference, but I-, I think with no fans there, you know, still the Masters, still Augusta National, guys will still get fired up, and uh, you know we'll see. But it's gonna it's gonna be a weird atmosphere for sure. Uh, but I-, I don't think lack of fans is gonna have a big impact on. Uh, how anybody plays. Kind of going back to your first year playing there, Mark, and that you're going all the way back to 87. But do you remember what it was like the, when you went to the mailbox and that invitation was sitting in there for you? Well, I do because the first time I went there was 86 uh, to watch my buddy Ken Green. And, uh, and at that time, I had zero status on tour. And Ken Green made like, Four fifty footers from off the green the first day and tied for the lead, and it was one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. And I was on my way to Joplin, Missouri, uh, to play in a TPS mini tour event. So at that point, you know, playing at Augusta was the furthest thing from my mind. And then, surely enough, one year later, I was there, and uh, it was it was pretty amazing, but. 
you know, I always said about Augusta, it was, it was, it, it was my favorite place to get to, my favorite place to leave. Um, it was such a fun tournament. The atmosphere was so great. Uh, but by the end of the week, you're so frustrated because of the greens or, or what have you. Uh, it was just, it was just time, time to go. So, uh, but having said that, just yesterday, matter of fact, a guy asked me if you could go play one course right now, just to go play it, what would it be? And I said Augusta National. Just, 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 I mean, if, whether it be Marion or Shinnecock or Pebble or, or wherever, or Southern Hills or wherever, any, any great course in the country, Pine Valley, uh, where would you go play? And it would, it would definitely be Augusta, uh, just because of, uh, because it's Augusta. Do you remember the, the first tee, the first time you played? I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's like to try to put a peg in the ground and, and try to balance the ball on the, on the tee. I mean, my hands would be shaking so hard. I don't know that I could do it. Do you remember the first time you stuck the peg in the ground on the first tee and what that was like? I do actually, uh, in 87. Um, I blasted right down the middle. I was super nervous, but so excited. Uh, man, yeah, I think, I think I got off to a pretty good start that day. And, uh, you know, in the course of next year, I almost won. And easy, you know, when, when Sandy Lyle hit that shot out of the bunker on 18, uh, you know, everybody asked me, well, what, what do you think about that? And I said, well, in 88, I said he hit an amazing shot. I made an amazing birdie. But it's not a big deal because uh, I, I think I'll win this tournament, uh, you know, one year. So, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of the way I thought of it. But it, obviously it didn't happen. And uh, I, I would have loved to had a, had a green jacket. If Sandy would just hit a crappy shot out of the bunker, it would have been nice. <laughs> but But who knows? I mean, maybe I wouldn't have won the Open in 89 either. So, you, you don't know. You know how history works. You just don't know, right? And speaking of that Open Championship victory in '89, I'm curious about your time with the Claret Jug and um, and what that was like. Because again, if if it were me, that year that I got to have the Claret Jug, I would have taken that thing with me everywhere. I'd have taken it to restaurants, drank everything I could have drank out of it, even if I was just drinking water. Right. What were some of the things that you got to do with the Claret Jug that uh, that you had fun with? No, yeah, I took it, uh, like, like, like all the open champions do. I took it, uh, I took it all over the place. Uh, probably the funniest thing was even just that week when I stayed at the, uh, was, at the time it was called the British Caledonian Hotel in Air. Uh, there's a bar on the fourth floor and we went up there every night. My buddy and I was caddying for me and, uh, <clears throat> Of course, it said, you know, when I, when I win the tournament, we're going to bring the Claire Jug up here and we're all going to have a drink out of it. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 that's funny, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so, sure enough, uh, after I won, uh, we went straight up to the bar. We got back to the hotel and uh, the whole place was packed. And it, it was it was pretty funny. But uh, I had a lot of good times with the Jug, as uh, all the champions do. Um, when I had to bring it back the next year at St. Andrews, uh, the invitation was for like, uh, 7.30 for 8. So I didn't know what that meant. 
So I, I assume that meant eight. So I showed up at eight, and the and the, the press ripped me for being late. But uh, my friends and I that uh, had over there for the uh, defending champion thing at St Andrews, uh, there was still uh, champagne in the cup when I brought it back. So they kind of roughed <laughs> me up for that as well. <laughs> Bringing the cup back with, with champagne in it, and I was uh, and I was late, so I got roughed up pretty bad for that. Mark, thinking back over your career, what are some of the favorite shots that you've hit that you enjoy thinking back on? And, and what are some of the shots that you've seen other players hit that you thought to yourself, wow, I can't believe you just pulled that off? Right. Um, you know, I think about, I, I go back and think about uh, uh, some of the Phoenix Opens I've won and a few of the shots I hold there. Uh, I actually saw a thing from, uh, uh, Royal Sydney when I won the Australian Open in 88 and I know Gil Hans is redoing that course which is a second redo and I, I chipped in five times that week so I've, I've had some good flashbacks of uh, uh, of really good memories on, on courses that, uh, that I've won at uh, at Riviera in uh, 88 or oh, 89 when I won uh, I chipped in five times as well there, and I remember Sandy Lyle giving me a shitty look that uh, <laughs> when I chipped in from the hill on 18, he just scowled at me. So uh, there's there's been times, uh, you know, back back in the day when my short game was on fire, where uh, uh, a lot of guys kind of gave me strange looks. So I, I, I do have good memories of that. What about some of the other guys that uh, that you've been playing with that have pulled off some shots that had you shaking your head outside of Sandy Lyle at the Masters? Yeah, no, there's there's been a lot of that. Uh, Fred Couples at the uh, 88 or 89 Byron Nelson flew his drive 10 yards out of bounds in the playoff. It hit a rock and jumped back in bounds. Uh, anyway, so he ended up beating me in the third hole of playoff. So that, that was wow. kind of a crappy break. So I was just afraid <laughs> crap about that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's been a lot of great shots played against me. Uh, I, I go back and think about Ryder Cups and stuff and, uh, you know, let Monty tie me in, uh, 91 at Kiowa was, uh, of course, a, a, a big memory. And now Monty. You know, is, is a fixture out here on the Champions Tour, and he's great. I mean, he really is. He's, he's got a great personality. Uh, he, he's very well accepted, and uh, uh, we have we have a lot of fun together. Mark, just a couple more before I let you go. And you mentioned the Phoenix Open, and you've won three times. And going away every time, you won by seven, you won by five, you won by eight. What was it That's about right. the Phoenix Open that uh, brought out the best in you? I just love playing at home, and I won two hundred as well, uh, staying at home. So five of my 13 wins have been at home. Uh, there's something about it. Uh, just home cooking, staying at home, playing in front of my friends, trying to show off. Uh, I just love it. Uh, you know, I love the TPC of Scottsdale. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a golf course that uh, you could really afford to short side yourself. But if you did, you had to have an amazing uh, bunker game and, and flop shot game. 
which I always had. So I think it just uh, the golf course set up perfectly for me. And and those greens aren't easy to read. And for some reason, uh, I could read them. Uh, made a lot of putts there. You know, it's just uh, just my favorite event. Uh, just just the uh, Thunderbirds gave me uh, like 200 tickets every year, and I got rid of every one of them. And it was so cool to have all my friends out there. Uh, watching me and it just really fired me up to play good and mark like i mentioned in your intro at the 2009 canadian open you made nine consecutive birdies in your second round and i'm I'm curious during that run did you know you were on that streak did your caddy know you were on that streak and were they anyway sort of treating you like a pitcher throwing a no hitter no one wanted to talk to you about it <laughs> <clears throat> Two funny stories about that. My 14-year-old son was caddying for me, and uh, when I made four birdies in a row, he, he gave me like a, a fist pump and said, "Yeah, that's like four in a row." I said, "Yeah, I know, cool." And then I had, uh, you know, I made a few more in a row, and then uh, uh, on 18, I hit a five wood about 10 feet for my seventh birdie in a row, and I thought, well, shoot, if I make this, I'm going to screw up the birdie streak. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, of course, I tried to make it and just missed it. And then I thought to myself, well, the next hole is not a hard hole. The next hole is a par five. And and I knew the, the record was eight. And guess who I'm playing with? J.P. Hayes. It was one of the guys that had eight in a row. Wow. So, sure enough, and I didn't think of that at the time, but uh, on my eighth hole, I hit a not a hard hole. I hit a driver nine on there about five feet. Had a downhill left to right bender and, and poured it right in the middle. And so on the ninth hole, after eight in a row, it's a par five. And my son says, he's 14, he says, Dad, don't duck hook it over there by the fence like you did yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, it, of course, it just made me laugh. And uh, that, that totally relaxed me. I hit a perfect drive. Five wood on the green, two putter from 30 feet. And uh, J.P. Hayes, after I made nine in a row, comes up to me and says, thanks thanks for breaking the only PGA Tour record I ever had. <laughs> so it, it, he was really cool about it. It was pretty funny. And uh, I almost birdied the next hole. I, I missed the green, and my chip lipped out for 10 in a row. So that, that would have been pretty cool if I had one in. But, yeah, it was it was a great streak for sure. Mark, before I let you go, let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and the tournaments you're going to be playing in and follow you on social media. Yep, I'm on Twitter, Mark Calc, and uh, uh, Facebook as well, but mostly Twitter. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my hang, and uh, uh, I try to keep everybody amused the best I can. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Mark, I can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of this show tonight. Always a lot of fun getting to spend time with you. I hope you'll come back and do it again sometime. Always, Chris. Thanks for having me. You bet. Stay safe, Mark. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up soon. You got it. See you, Mark. That's the great Mark Kalkovecchia, another guy who uh such a great uh, PGA and uh, and Champions Tour career. I mean, you think about all the things that he achieved, not only the, the Open Championship in 89, but I mean, 
193 top 10 finishes, 351 top 25. Another guy who belongs in the World Golf Hall of Fame. Hopefully uh, we can see both he and Hal get in there very soon. So looking forward to catching up with Mark again at Mark Hauk on Twitter. A great follow. And so was his wife, Brenda. Those two amazing. And I really look forward to uh, hearing more about what he does and seeing what he does over the next few weeks on the Champions Tour. Hopefully the back feels good and uh, we get to follow him again next year out on the Champions Tour as well. 